this pulpit, let's welcome Jeff Arnold from Gainesville, Florida. May God bless. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. again. Thank you, as I've said numerous times, for loving me, for making a place for me in, in your life. I am uh, not the person I need to be, but I am, I am better because you've been kind to me. The, uh, one third. Do my very best to... Uh, Samuel, chapter 4, no need to comment on all the ministry that has preceded me. I am awed by it. I have uh, been moved by it. And I am unworthy to be here. And I feel like the Lord has uh, talked to me helped me. I know that many times I have been kindly smiled upon by God to be an inspirational preacher. And I think today I have something uh, more of information rather than inspiration. Because inspiration is the lowest octane to run your life on. It will fade so quickly. The truth lives on. Let me read in your hearing, please, 1 Samuel chapter 4. Beginning, please, with verse 1. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines pitched in Aphek. The Philistines put themselves in array against Israel, and when they joined the battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines, and they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that it 
that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. When the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang again. When the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. The Philistines were afraid. They said, God is come into the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us. Who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines. Be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. The Philistines fought and Israel was smitten. And they fled every man to his tent. And there was a very great slaughter for their fell of Israel. 30,000 footmen in the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were slain. Read uh, one more scripture. You don't have to turn. Psalms 139, verse 23. Search me, O God. And know my heart. And try me and, and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Do not uh, predicate my ministry this afternoon with an apology for what I'm about to say. But uh, if, if, that, if that you expected the other Jeff Arnold, he's not here today. But... Uh, I am instructed of the Lord to uh, give you the thing that is nearest the heart of God today. And I'm going to preach to you for a little while, and I'll do my very best to make it a little while, on uh, the greatest need for us today. The greatest need for us today. Now, Lord... We love you and appreciate you and we ask you to loose our spirits and our hearts and our minds that somehow the anointing of God will touch these precious people that I would have a good attitude and a good spirit and I would be kind in my soul Lord these are your wonderful people help me to deliver my soul in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen May God bless you, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greatest need today, we are facing an unbelievable generation of great woes and great needs. We are in economic crisis. We are on the upswing of crime. We are in the depths and debauchery of a total impurity. We are into a generation of overspending and plastic money, of pollution problems, both in mind, spirit, body, and in ecology. 
We have great problems and so people are responding to that need by saying we need a new president. That's what we need. Or we need better jobs. Or somehow the answer to the hell and the dilemma of our society is to eradicate and destroy nuclear arms. And somehow there are people saying, no, what we need is the privilege of abortion and pro-choice while we save the whales. And there are other people who are Twinkies and fags and queers who say gay rights. There are others who are always changing tax laws. And there are people now who have legalized gambling in Florida and so somehow say that that will provide us tax money because our answer is better education. And there's another part, a segment of our society that is saying, no, the real great need that we have is no restraint and no restriction and just everybody do what's right in their own eyes and that spirit is spilling into the church oh yes it is and churches say we would be a better church if we could get a new preacher and the preacher says I would have a better ministry if I had a different congregation and saints sometimes say the need is for me to move away but the scripture says the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth there's always an enchantment elsewhere there's always a magic someplace else friend if you leave your situation you leave with the spirit of that situation you cannot transfer logistics without transferring somehow a better attitude to the throne of grace is anybody here? And I do not mean to be insulting, Reverend, but it is possible for us holy roll apostolics to even come up with a concept that what we need is a special meeting. And now I introduce my subject for the greatest need in Pentecost and in this world is to be right with God. I am persuaded that being right with God is more important than Jesus' name, baptism, and the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. And I don't expect you to answer. But I will prove it to you from the Scripture that you can have the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name and not be right with God. And I want to be right with God. It is the greatest need in the universe. How can two walk together except they be agreed, one writer said. Listen to me carefully. Are we mistaken? Please, no, I'm, I'm going to say this one time. I ain't got time for all you critics. Leave me be. And I'm not going to mess around with my brain or the Holy Ghost to, to somehow qualify everything i got to say. If you are a nincompoop and you want to misread it, you just misread it then, friend. I ain't got time. There's too many good people to know that I'm not lying. There's too many, pres There's too many precious people that want to walk with God and know that I'm not a hypocrite. 
but I'm not going to use your pulpit for myself. Now that's all I'm going to say. Forget it. I'm finished. Are we mistaken? Have we come to a time at Pentecost that we are stretching ourselves for power and shrinking for purity? Are we aggrandizing gift ministries and aborting relationship with the giver? Is it possible that UPCI is worshiping doctrine and alienated from deity? That we believe oneness, but don't walk with the one. We need to leave this conference and be right with God. And if I'm right with God, I can be right with you. Bear with me just a few moments. Are we mistaken? Are we stretching ourselves for charisma and avoiding character? Do we strain to be accepted? Since when did the world's accolade impress God? Oh boy, I feel a little bit old Jeff Arnold coming by here for a second. We cannot prostitute the principles of truth to somehow have an acceptance of a society that hates God's guts. Their applause doesn't matter a hill of beans. What does he think? What does he say? Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He never said, without you, I can't do anything. You hear me? God needs you like he needs polio. I'm going to get to it after a while. We're going to have to get off this cocaine of Pentecost that God is married to us. Ain't not neither. God don't owe us nothing. God don't owe us nothing. Well, we're baptized in Jesus' name. Big deal. Well, we got the Holy Ghost. Big deal. Search me, O oh Lord. And know my heart. Because my heart is deceitful, and my heart is desperately wicked, and my heart can hurt me, and I can get intoxicated on doctrine and experiences and be away from God. It's 
excuse me a minute, I'm fixing to have a fit. with Pentecost. Your business with Jesus. Your allegiance is not to this church, not to this movement. It is to Him. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wickedness in me. Who's praying that? One God singer. Yes. Sit down a second here, friend. You're not so hungry for chicken legs at all. Please hear me. Please hear me. Woke up this morning. I'm sorry to tell you this, Reverend Michael. I woke up this morning and God talking to me. He's got to talk to me. I'm not smart enough for this stuff. He's got to talk to me. And here's what he said. I wrote it in red. You can look at it. Elder Kilgore, it's right here. I wrote it in red. Here's what he said. What made Eden a paradise and then turned it into a painful prison? It was when my son stopped being right with me. Although my presence still came and he still lived in my garden. You didn't hear me. What can make your situation a paradise? If my dad comes in the cool of the evening and we're on the same wavelength. And what can make your paradise a hell on earth when we're hypocrites and fakes and liars and shallow and pretentious and we stack our hair up to the ceiling and adhesive tape our dresses to our ankles but inside is rottenness and corruption and evil and vileness. Oh God, give us a spirit today that we want to be right with God about everything else. Because if I'm right with God, I will never do you damage. I will never hurt you. I will never hate you if I'm right with God. Please, please be seated. Go as quickly as I can. Oh God. There is a peril when you are not right with God. The scripture says that, that Israel was tired of being galled by their bondage to the Philistines. And they finally insurrected and declared war on those wackos. And when they went to war, according to verse 1, 2, and 3, they got their ignorant brains beat out. Now hear me. There's a danger when you get your brains beat out. You come up with carnal programs. They came up with a carnal program. For in Deuteronomy 20, God commanded. We are living in a generation that they think God suggests. 
God commanded Deuteronomy 20 when thou goest to war before you go you must seek the priest and the priest must seek the Lord and then the priest must put the blessing on your venture they sought no priest you don't want preachers when you're wrong And the scripture says when they came back from the battle, blood oozing, black and blue marks, broken ribs, embarrassment, shame. Here's what they said. Wherefore has the Lord smitten us today? We've got a promise that no man could stand before us. What's going on? Come on, fellas. Let's name it and claim it. We're going to live like hell and claim a little heaven's resource. Not in the coldest day in hell, you ain't. Yeah, I didn't hear you that. Yeah. You better stop trying to force God's hand. You better stop trying to put a headlock on deity. He ain't working for you. He ain't working for you. We are his servants. Stay with me. I'll go as quickly as I can. Please sit down. Try to calm yourself here a second, would you? They were beaten badly, defeated, humiliated. They got a program. Here's the program. Let's fetch the ark. Now, here is the problem. They said, for it will save us, not him. Has our salvation become an it? Let me try it again. They said, let's fetch the ark. It will save us. How impersonal. It. Well, let me get it where you're living. Acts 2.38. It. Good Sunday night service. It. The Mangan Choir. It. I'm sorry. Because of the times. It. The camp meeting. It. And we've got a God that is so personal that is anguished in his spirit saying, they've made me an it. They said, let's fetch the symbol as long as you ain't got the substance. That's what they said. It will save us. It's a magic box. It's got nifty little tricks in there. It's got manna and stick that turns into things. And my God, man, got... Tables of the law, wow, yeah, it's a nifty little box. In fact, it will save us, you know why? Because it worked at Jordan. And it worked at Jericho. And we'll just hold God's feet to the fire. Oh, yeah. 
It is totally impossible for you and I to lead this grand conference and expect any amount of victory against our enemies if we leave not right. Well, our juking and shouting and quaking and shaking ain't going to profit us a hill oatmeal, friend. It ain't going to do nothing for us. If something doesn't take place inside my spirit that I want to be right with God, I want to bury whatever needs to be buried. I want to adopt anything. I want to adjust anything. I want to avoid anything that would keep me from being right. Please be seated. I'm so sorry to be screaming here. How come Saul couldn't whip Goliath and the kid with the freckles could? Spirit of the Lord's departed from Saul. Still king, still anointed. Spirit's gone, form the same. Goliath turns around and says, give me a man. Poor Israelite, one God Jews, all I can give him is a boy. Because the guy in charge, oh, I'm going to get hurt here. The guy in charge, backslid. You have any idea, you preaching dudes, how much hangs on leadership? Do you understand that Israel is going to have defeat because their leadership is a carnal backslidden jerk? Saul couldn't fight his way out of a Howard Johnson's bathroom. He ain't got no more anointing. He's got no more walk with God. He's just going through the form. We can quote that scripture all we want to about. In the last days, they'll have a form of godliness. But he's not talking, my friend, to sinners. He's talking to a saint. Saying in the last days, we're going to have a problem. People are going to have a form of godliness. But they're not going to have the power. God wants to give us the power if we're willing to get right. But God's not going to trust his gifts to a bunch of jerks that are not right. Please be seated. I'm so sorry to keep you jumping around here. It is possible that we can rely on a symbol and not the substance. It is possible that we can be married to doctrine and divorced from deity. It is possible for us to be so stupid as Pentecostal apostolics that we have inhaled through our nostrils into our soul a truth and literally intoxicated to think it is the truth. Truth is God. All truth, physical, spiritual, any law in the universe flows from him who is the composite totality of all truth. All truth flows from him. He's like the center on a wheel in a hub and there's spokes that go out and then you have the round circle of the rim that make it complete. But you can find yourself at the end of one spoke and turn around and say, I know truth. Uh-oh. And so one group of people that believe a certain way have got this spoke of truth. And here's other people who's got this spoke of truth. And here's the spoke of truth. And if we're not careful, we'll say, we got the truth. No, no. You have a factor of truth. 
it is very easy for us. Oh boy, I'm going to irritate your hide, ain't I? It's, kind of, it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. For us to make truth doctrine. I'm just going to, I mean, I've been to Bible school. You can tell this. Truth is not just doctrine. Truth relates to us through doctrine, but truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the all-inclusive. I am the truth. So it's possible to know a truth without really knowing the truth. God help us to love the truth that has come to us, but go up the channel of that spoke and let that truth lead us to the hub of the wheel so we can know all the truth that God will let us know. Truth is revelatory. You can't study and find God. He is self-revealing. Please be seated on. I'm so sorry. Listen to this. I've heard this quoted even in this conference, and it wasn't misquoted, but it was misunderstood. It's over in Thessalonians where it said, And God so send them strong delusion that they believe a lie and be damned, who receive not the love of the truth. Now, here's what us holy rollers do, because we, we enjoy this. We have blessed God. Bunch of Trinidadian turns, bunch of charismatics, bunch of Baptist Presbyterians, bunch of brand X, whatever it is. Anything other than us is always brand X. And we look at all that and say, bless God, that God's going to damn them to a devil's hell because they, they don't love the truth. That's not what the scripture says. Read it. It says that they will receive strong delusion, believe a lie, and be damned. Who received not, listen, not a love for the truth, huh? It says, who received not the love of the truth. The truth loved them. Let me try it again. Jesus said, I am the truth. You're going to go to hell because I loved you and you rejected my love. If you reject the love of God, there's nothing else left for you but the judgment of God. They will be deluded and damned who receive not the love of the truth. It's not like we've read it. Doctrine. No, no. It's deity flowing to us. He loved us when we were unlovable. Would you get me Acts 8? Can I have just a few more minutes? Please be seated. Please be seated. Please be seated. Watch this. Israel went into battle, grabbing this magic box, failing to realize that God's glorious help does not depend on material symbols. Now, I'll just say it because most of you won't. Hair, dress, symbols. But his glorious help is not contingent on symbols, but on inner substance. Now, all you liberal cats, hold your hat. You didn't just get license to go walk in a nudist colony, pass out tracts. 
And God's not trying to get a generation of copper-toned Christians frying their backside on a beach somewhere and claiming liberty. That's a bunch of foolishness, my friend. God still wants us to be sober, righteous, pure, separated, sanctified, dedicated, committed. Oh, God, we don't have to be a bunch of legalistic idiots, but we ought to know what pleases God. Please be seated just another minute. Listen to me carefully. God's glorious help depends on moral and spiritual conditions within His people. That's why even a grand meeting like this will sometimes produce more frustrated people than people who do better. It's not that we don't have everything and the tools are here and the preaching's here and the Spirit's here. But when we go home, we're still the same deceptive dingbats embracing the same stupid stuff inside. And we don't understand why the box doesn't work. The power is not in the box. The power comes from being right with God. God can work independent of the box. But he will not work independent of a clean heart. Please be seated. So sorry. I've heard from God. I've heard from God. I've heard from God. That's why in our generation, there are certain people who do love God and believe in God. To whatever degree is not my business. Why they wear charms or beads or crosses or trinkets. Or why they have statues or pictures or icons. Stop damning these people. Their faith is tied to symbol. They have no substance. Now wait a minute. Let's turn the coin over. Let's get among us. We too have our idols and our icons. We just label them different. We call them dress. We call them abstaining from certain worldly things. We call them a good tongue-talking experience. You know what they are? Oh, yes, they're holy. Yes, they're right. Yes, they're real. But they can become substitutes for me being right with God every day of my life so that my faith is frustrated. Would you please just, you folks in the cheap seats over here, would you say it with me? It will save us. Say, it will save us. Say, no, it won't. Say, it will save us. Say, no, it won't. Just let it sink a second. Just let it sink. It will save us. Take that off, put that on, pile it up, bring it down. Let's go. It will save us. Man, I've seen long dresses that a tongue needed a driver license for. Now, I don't want you liberal cats jumping out of here because I'm going to nail you down. Because there's people sitting here saying, see, bless God, God's finally giving Arnold a revelation of grace and we're finally going to get half naked here after a while. Not in the coldest day in hell we ain't, friend. Not hardly. 
I said, not hardly. It cost your mom and dad too much. It cost your family too much. I've given everything I could to be a part of this. I'm not going to ship it off and prostitute it for some late Pentecostal pimps who coming around here trying to prostitute some evil Knievel doctrine. There's a church in the grave that is counting on us. There's a church who have buried their hopes in the dirt who are waiting for us to hold a torch. Please be seated. I'm so sorry. We cannot be wrong with God and expect God to rescue us because we name a scripture and we embrace a doctrine. Sinners may be lost, but there's nothing as dirty as a Pentecostal spirit that's not right with God. Brother Trapani, God said of Israel one time, when they got to doing all kinds of bestiality, and they got to doing all that sodomite and lesbian and stuff, that ain't new, pal, that's old hat, just a different label. He said to them, you have done things that have never even entered my mind. Lesbianism and homosexuality and perversion and bestiality, you read it, it's Old Testament scripture. God said, thou hast trespassed and imagined things that have never once entered my mind. Honey, when you get into that stuff, you're thinking stuff beyond God. Read for me, Reverend. I'm sorry to stay so long here. I gotta go eat. Read. I want. I want. Sorry. Uh, eight and twelve. Please bear with me. Please bear with but me. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Yes. And the name of Jesus Christ. We're in Samaria. Philip's gone down having a Holy Ghost apostolic revival. And they believed. Now I want you to grab this. They were baptized. And I'm going to say this in honesty and sincerity and not being rude and take advantage of the pulpit. I ain't never heard nobody preach this in my life. I didn't steal it from a book. I didn't hear it in a tape. I stand alone on this. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong alone. Okay? But you just listen to this. I'm going to show you something. In the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. They. Everybody said they. They. Read. Then Simon himself believed also. The, the witchcraft dude, yeah. And when he was baptized. Wait a minute. Now he's part of they. Yeah. Right. Right. He and they have become them. You got to get it. Read. He continued with Philip. And wondered. Wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs and the wonders that, old, the miracles that and old Phil was doing. Which were done. Said, my God, this is a genuine jazz, man. Let me stay next to this guy. Now, the when young. the apostles, right, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Watch this. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, wait a minute. The they is them and Simon. It ain't they and Simon's over here at the hot dog stand. They have come down to pray for them who've been baptized in Jesus' name. Right. right. Read. For as yet the Holy Ghost was fallen upon none of them. Wait a minute. Them is them and Simon. I'm going to try to get this point to you. Them is them and Simon. I've heard more Pentecostals say them is them and Simon is him. Uh-uh. Him got out of the way. Him is with them. 
You got to grab this because it's a revelation. Read. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They, that's Simon, and them. Now watch. Then laid their hands on them. They and the them, the apostles, laid their hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. Them and they are the same. And when Simon... Wait a minute. Simon just got the Holy Ghost. We're always damning and condemning the old boy for trying to buy something. He had a bad spirit about that, but you've got to understand something. He has got a New Testament apostolic biblical experience. He is water baptized in Jesus' name. He's just received the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. Just watch him, Anthony. Yeah, watch him. Watch him. Now, nobody's saying amen. 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 Good. Let's go. I, I, I never heard that. What does that mean? Truth dies with you? That's another problem we got. We can't ever receive more life unless it comes just to us. They were prayed for. And they got the Holy Ghost. And they were baptized. Now you got it. That's Simon and the boys. Read. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money. He said, man, let me get into the gift ministry. <laughs> Nothing wrong with these precious brethren who God has anointed and blessed and revealed himself for gift ministry. I'm trying to make a point. It is possible to have the Holy Ghost and not be right. The only thing that's required for the Holy Ghost is repentance and faith. Read. Saying, give me also this power, power. that on whomsoever I lay hands. He didn't ask for the Holy Ghost. He's got it. He may receive the Holy Ghost. That's He's good. asking to be able to transfer it. He's got it. Don't you see it? It's possible to finish talking in tongues and be a jerk. Right. You force me into retirement, but I'm going to handle it before I leave. Read. For Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. Your money be perishes. Because thou hast thought that the gift of God that be the bought. gift of God may be purchased with money. Watch this. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. This aspect of the kingdom is not given to you. There's some areas that God will use some people that He won't use everybody. This is not given to you. Watch this. Read. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Stop. He just got the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. And God says, your heart's not right. Right. 
We need to stop emphasizing all the time, talking tongues for hours. I'm all for it. But how about snotting and slobbering and crying and boo-hooing and turning your guts inside out and asking God to forgive and God to put His Spirit in us in a fresh measure and for our attitudes and our concepts and our way of life and our discipline to be pleasing. Please, please bear with me a few more minutes. Let me give you what God gave me over there yesterday after Sister Mangan ripped my heart out. And in between that and when Jen Kilgore did the cha-cha all over my chest and kicked my teeth out, I was over there squalling and bawling and kneeling. And God spoke to me. Maybe some of you saw me. I reached in my pocket and I took a pad out. And I'm writing, crying, tears all over my paper and I'm writing. Tell my people this tomorrow. Here's what he said. Tell my people. Beware of accepting people on the basis of a biblical experience and doctrine who tell you anything beyond that doesn't matter. For God is moving unprecedented across every kind of people who love Him and is giving people revelations of Jesus' name, baptism, and the Holy Ghost talking in tongues who are now coming among you young preachers and are messing up your mind telling you, look, we got the Holy Ghost talking in tongues and you and we wear this and we go there and we smoke this. What's the difference? No! my friend don't you ever let the basis of your approval be just an ex just an experience with God it takes more than just an experience with God the Holy Ghost is given to lead and to guide into all truth you don't have all truth when you just finish talking in tongues you're at the end of the spoke Search me, oh God. Try me. Lead me. One more moment, please. Please be seated. I feel this spirit. Elder Cisco, I feel this like a bunch of vomit coming across this movement, messing up people's minds say well I talk in tongues and I do what you don't teach doesn't seem to bother God let me tell you something when we apostolic Pentecostals got the Holy Ghost come on let's get honest just once before you die if we can look over our shoulders in retrospect we would see 5, 10, 15 and 20 years of adjustments and I am different now than that first night I talked in tongues like a Chinese laundry were all these things wrong in my life? Yes. Did they matter? You better believe they mattered. That's why God dealt with me. Don't let these people, don't let these people sell you the spirit and this attitude that just cause you baptized, just cause you got the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter. He gives you the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you into all truth. experience and our doctrine 
does not give us royal validation for our lives. My God, we got people that pray. Maybe you ain't got them here. You got a great church. I thank God for the church that we have in Gainesville. It's wonderful. We've come such a long way. But we have people that pray at the altars. Brother Williams, they get the Holy Ghost talking in tongues with a pack of luckies in their pocket. Now, if you take that spirit that's trying to get into us, they're going to say, well, see, it doesn't matter to God. And the guy walked right out after speaking in tongues and lit up a cigarette. Did he lose the Holy Ghost? Why? Are you that stupid? Of course not. What are we on? A turnstile salvation? Goes in and out every time you make a mistake? We prayed some people through the Holy Ghost who were shacking up and continued for a few weeks or a few months till we could get them straightened up. Did they get the Holy Ghost? Uh-huh. Did God love them? Uh-huh. Was God validating their whoremongering and fornicating? Not hardly. Don't let these people seduce you into believing. It doesn't matter. We are being called to conformity to Jesus Christ. You'll just bear with me a few more moments. God. Hear the word of the Lord. Feel the voice of His Spirit. Open your heart now. And be delivered from disillusioned dreams and frustrated faith. You are right. We are right. Don't let this happen to you. Talking in tongues is not God's validation that he approves of your lifestyle. We need to worship just a minute. Come on. seated just a few more moments god bless you i'll go as quickly as i can through this i'm not trying to be unkind i am a product of of god's grace and mercy in my life but i'm also a product of what you have taught me how is it now when i'm too old to play and i'm too old to do this stuff and i'm not pretty anymore now you're changing the rules what's going on what am i going to tell my daughter what am I going to tell her? We were making believe. We didn't believe this. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not afraid of you and I want you saved. But we have no allocation from God to accommodate this doctrine and this gospel to your little petty concepts. 
We cannot alter this to accommodate people who are coming among us. Now that doesn't give us a license to be damning and cruel and unkind and vicious and vile. But you must sometimes put your feet on the ground and come hell or high water. This is what we believe. I'm sorry if it offends you. I'm sorry if you don't like it. But this is what we... This is what we're married to. This is what we're married to. We're not going to build again the thing which we once put away. Please, please be seated. I'm so sorry. I'm t I don't know how else to say this, Elder. And I know that you've got an open heart to a lot of people. But you hear what I'm fixing to tell you. Where's Vestalane? Excuse me, Sister Vestalane. Listen to this. God, who incarnated himself in the body of the man Jesus, was the absolute epitome of total love. And that love loved a rich young ruler so much, he let him die lost. He said, what do you do for eternal life? A, B, and C. Oh, I'm, 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 I can't do that. And he who loved him watched him walk away. Love will let you go before love prostitutes its principles to accommodate you. And that does not give us license to be vicious and unkind. We need to stretch the grace of God in our lives to try and help anybody. But we've got to get our feet planted in this conference and say, we believe this, we believe this. And I'm sorry that, you know, if God wants to give 125,000 Ethiopians every 15 minutes the Holy Ghost and they're running around dressed in a band-aid, that's God's business. But we believe what we believe and we've got to stay with it. And you can't let their experience prostitute the truth of God in your life so that you're frustrated. Please, please, please be seated. Listen to me. Brother Jesse Williams, I've heard this word until I'm going to gag on it. You folks are in bondage. You, you folks are legalists. Really? Well, listen, if I am a legalist, I got it honest. My dad was the first one. He set up paradise and put up a sign, don't touch the tree. We live in a generation that tells God, don't you dare say no to me. I'll change churches. And God is somehow saying, okay, if, if I can't say no, you can't say Lord. What are you telling me? I can't say no. I put you in a paradise. There's no devil. There's no sin. There's no tempter. There's nothing. Everything's perfect. And I've hung a sign. Grace hung a sign. Don't touch the tree. And when trespass took place, he hung another sign and said, Don't like the way you dressed either. Was Adam still God's son? Yes! Yes! It's puke. In bondage. In bondage. 
You're a legalist. You're in bondage. Well, I'm going to handle it for five minutes if you don't mind. You can yeah. correct it tonight. We need to understand that our standards of modesty and what we think is godliness are not salvation issues. But they are closely knit to our salvation. And they are a product of our relationship and our oneness and our rightness with Him. And the tragedy that I see cursing our movement is that we have raised a generation of people who want to be saved but don't want to please God. I want to miss hell, but I don't want heaven dictating to me how I live. You little pathetic Pentecostal pygmy. What's wrong with standards? The armed forces has them. Banks have them. Disney World has them. Delta Airlines, McDonald's, nursing staffs, the police department, the sports world, Perkins Restaurant. Are we saying today we will do for gold what we will not do for God? No, you're not that you're the temple. You're the temple. You're the house of God. What's wrong with God wanting his house to please him? Please, please be seated. One more moment and I'm just about finished. I'm so sorry. I married me a beautiful redhead. She smells good, looks good, kisses good. She's just good. 25 years ago, I got me a piece of paper. It's a certificate, Brother Jesse Williams. Here's what it says. You be married. I had that experience. It only took a moment. But I walk in the house sometimes, and Patty has taken hours to wax the floor and mop things and vacuum, and I'm out there just walking around, or I'm jumping around playing handball or working out in the yard or doing something, and I walk in with my sneakers. You know how dumb men are, and the sneakers go up full of sand and dirt, and I don't know nothing. I'm just coming in with some iced tea. Slugger, 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 slugger. And she says, Jeffrey, would you please take off your sneakers? Now I can turn around and say, listen, woman, see that certificate? We married. Now watch me, I'm going to make a point. Sneakers or no sneakers will not affect the fact I'm married. But taking them off will affect the fact whether I'm happily married. These standards, these abstinences, they're not salvation. They're relationship. They're attitudes. We want to please Him. We want to make Him happy. We're not just wanting to go to heaven. We want heaven on earth. God bless you. You may be seated one more time. Say all you want to, pal. It gets lonely sleeping on the couch. 
Hey, Brother Chapani, you're that marriage dude. You got the answers here. Got them books or something. You walk in and just kick your drawers off. Oh, excuse me, kick your pants off. I'm in Louisiana. Kick your britches off. That will get us in trouble. That will get us in trouble. Delete that from the tape. You kick your britches off. You throw your dirty sweatshirt on the floor. And your wife says, Hey, man, you got brain problems. You got a tumor in your head. Why don't you put them in the hamper? I'm legally married. Putting that junk in the hamper ain't got nothing to do with it. It's got a lot to do with pucker power. And Brother Jesse Williams made a beautiful point a minute ago while you were shouting. He said, yeah, and all this stuff's got a lot to do with how, whether you're going to stay married. And I think some of this got to do whether we're going to stay saved or not. Whether we're going to stay one. I think there's something about this. I don't understand it all, but it's tied in to our salvation. They overlap. They're interwoven. Anthony, could you get me? You be seated. One, one more try. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. get there in a second about verse one or two something we'll preach it all hold on <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something now don't don't think I'm prostituting what I've just said but right attire is not on par with right attitude but it doesn't give you a right to say that's right preacher God cares what's in your heart yeah, he don't care what's in your heart and also what's on your hide. <laughs> Just because they're not equal, don't think you can throw one out the door. <laughs> Believing doctrine is not the same as knowing deity. You can quote scripture and sow discord. You can divide the word and divide the church. Whew. No wonder the Lord gave us the picture of the Pharisee and the publican praying. No wonder he told us that harlots and people like them and sinners go into the kingdom before you. Why? Because of attitude. Because they want to be right. God delivers from wanting to be religious. Now stay, stay with me. I'm going to finish here. The cross and the blood of Jesus Christ are so powerful. But we can neutralize its grace by not being willing to be right with God. A right relationship with God far exceeds right sacrifice or apostolic experience or holy doctrine. Stay with me now. We are suffering now. From the elder brother among us who is standing on the back porch fussing and cussing because the fathers left the prodigal home. Right. Yeah. 
What in the name of God's a matter with you, you stupid idiot? The party is in the house. The father has let the son come home. Everything in the guy's life is nasty and no good. But the father is a father of grace. They struck up the band. They've killed the fatted calf. And here you are with your nasty attitude. Oh, yes, you're on the farm, but you're also on the back porch. And you're not going in because you don't think they're measuring up to what you're supposed to, supposed to do. There's a party going on. And if we're not careful, we'll get embracing the elder brother spirit that stands on the porch and says, I'm ticked off. I ain't going in. Don't you understand that the embrace of that father, the love of that father, the pardon and forgiveness of that father, in no way put a signature on a blank check telling that returning son, I approved of the way you've been living. Everything the elder brother needed was in the house, and he's on the porch. You know, we're called to holiness, but some of us people, we, we got brain tumors or something. We're using the most beautiful concept of holiness and the privilege of righteousness and separation and sanctification as some kind of ball bat to bash your brother in the head who don't see it like you. Yeah, it got quiet now. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Back to the jungle. Scripture says that they brought the ark in and tried to force God. They fetched the ark. The Scripture says they shouted. They shouted so that the earth rang. And heaven didn't budge one inch. Why? When you ain't right with God, all your little symbols and all your little stuff will never, ever cause the Philistines to be defeated. Okay, I'm almost done. Well, I don't know what time I'm supposed to. I'm going to be done. Listen to this. I think this is neat. I can't remember this like Mike Williams. I got it right. Watch this. God is so holy and that he cares so much more about his holiness and his name than he does his kingdom or his people. And God will allow his kingdom to suffer loss and his people to experience defeat before he will ever stand with dishonest people. If we are not willing to be right, no ark can save us. God will allow souls to perish in the lake of fire before he takes one rebellious, unsubmitted soul to New Jerusalem. Even God has met something impossible. You say, oh, nothing. oh yes, he's met one thing impossible. He cannot save a dishonest believer. Paul said, I have espoused you to Christ that I might present you as a chaste virgin. My dilemma is the distance between the espousal and the presentation. I've got to work with you so you do not lose that purity. 
The greatest problem we have right now is trying to be right with God. Being dishonest causes defeat and frustration. And there's frustrated folks among us who are now giving up, who are leaving truths. Why? I'll tell you why. Because as the presence of God in all of our lives diminishes its activity, the appetite for entertainment increases. Why? Because He's bread. And He's water. And He's light. And He's life. And there are people who are prostituting truth, saying, well... These, these standards, this legalism, this bondage, this is what kept me small. I think not. What's keeping you frustrated is that you have no active move of the Holy Ghost in your life and you're not related to God in any depth. Have I lost my anointing? And so now you're not glowing, and now you're not growing, so now you've decided to get going. And you're going to leave. Well, you're crazy. There is an answer to all this, and, and I've got two hours of message to put in nine minutes. You ready to read, Anthony? Excuse me, Brother Anthony. Fine. And the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought into the house of Abinadad. Read. In the heel and sanctified Eleazar, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. He's reading from 1 Samuel chapter 7. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim, that the time was long. Yes. For it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. 20 years they've lost the ark. 20 years without substance or symbol. 20 years they're needing something. And the scripture says, they all lamented after God. Read. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, you then hear? put away the if, strange gods. If you return with all your heart, you're going to have to make some adjustments. Yes. Return with all your hearts, and put away strange gods, and Asheroth from among you. Did you hear and that? prepare... Your hearts unto the Lord. Did you get it? And serve Him only. Why don't we, before we leave this conference this week, decide to get rid of what grieves God? Okay. Why don't we stop watching things that incite sexual drives? Why don't we stop watching and listening and reading things that cause us to be less than we ought to be? All these things are not tragic and terrible and bad, but we need to have a balance. If the thing provokes you and moves you in a direction and it's not good, or if it hurts your witness or your walk with God, why don't you get your head out of the sand and get back to being right with God? And you wouldn't desire that kind of entertainment that's causing your appetite to keep going and going and going and going. It's the absence of God that's causing the appetite. Sit, please. Come on, we got to run. I'm running as fast as I can. Prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Watch this. It's powerful. Serve Him only. 
Go ahead. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Yes. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. You get it? Wait a minute. They have no presence. They have no symbol. And the Samuel, the preacher, says, strip down. Now we've got a generation of preachers coming saying, take on. But this guy that brought revival to Israel said, strip down. Let go what's left you sterile. Put away your idols. Yes, Lord. Well, we ain't got no idols. Attitude spells the same. Yes. Amen. Read. And Samuel gathered all of Israel to Mizpah. Oh, if I had an hour and 48 minutes, I could preach on the miracle of Mizpah. But we're going to lunch here in five minutes. And I will pray for you unto the Lord. I'm going to pray for you. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water, poured it out before the Lord. Poured it out. They fasted on that day. Now watch what they said right here. Here's all I want. And they said there, We, we have sinned against the Lord. Samuel said, It ain't enough for you to shout and bounce around and pour out some water. I want a public confession. I said, I want a public confession. If you want God to demonstrate for you publicly, then why don't you publicly say, I've failed, I've sinned, I'm not right. Hold it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not done. Read. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Where are the Samuels among us now who will challenge the church to put away the evil that mars its testimony? Come on. Yes. That sends mixed signals to a world in a dilemma and delusion so that we're against this, but we'll do this. Oh, God delivers from this ignorant, prostituting spirit that says we need Madison Avenue and we need Hollywood. What we need is Mizpah. We need some preacher to just grab a hold of us and because he loves us. Say, come on. Why aren't we having a move of God? It's not your town. It's not the people. Friend, you can get right with God. You can have revival. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm finishing right now. And when the Philistines heard that... There, there it is, Mike. Excuse me, brother Mike. There it is. And when the wait a minute, wait a minute. The minute you make a consecration, your enemy will hear it. And move to attack your faith. When the Philistines heard that you started getting serious. When I started reaching towards heaven, I've got to go through his territory. The Philistines heard. And they came out. And it filled them with fear. I'm almost finished. I'm sorry. Read. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And they said, hey, preacher, pray. Isn't that funny? When the preacher tried to get him straight, they said, preacher, get off my case. Now all hell's fixing to break loose, and now it's 
Preacher, pray. Read. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, they said to Samuel, pray for us. Cease not to cry unto the Lord our There's God. There's only one for help us, for us. That he will save us out of the hand let of the Lord. Let the Lord arise. And let his enemies be scattered. Yes. There ain't but one hope for us. God has got to get off his throne and come to our rescue. Yes. Let the Lord arise and his enemies be scattered. Yes. Stand with me now. I'll finish. I'll rush through this so fast you won't even hear me. Read. And Samuel took a sucking lamb, and he offered for a burnt offering holy to the Lord. And Samuel cried to the Lord, and Israel and the Lord heard him. Did you hear that? And Samuel cried, and the Lord heard him. Because God will hear people that are right. There's no record he heard Israel. He heard Samuel. And the scripture says, read that for me. And brother. Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against did, Israel. Did you get that, what he just said? As Samuel was offering. Didn't say Samuel's offering. He says, as Samuel was offering. As you start offering your sacrifice of commitment and surrender and consecration, you can be guaranteed your enemy will be Philistine marching will towards you the to distract you, to turn you away from your intimate work of a new covenant and consecration to God. But, 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 but. What happened? Read. The Lord thundered with a great thunder on Stop. that day. Stop. That says he thundered a great thunder. The translation of the Hebrew word right now it has nothing to do with weather conditions. This word that is translated great thunder is not great thunder in the heavens. The word translated great thunder is this. The voice of the mighty. You know what just happened? When they decided to get right, the voice of the king and the gifts of the spirit came on the scene. And the scripture says that his voice fell upon the enemy. Finish reading for me, brother. I'm sorry. With a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them. And they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued people, the Philistines. The people full of fear are now full of faith. Right. And he smote them until they came under Bethkar. They Th smote them all away. Read. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the Call name, the name of Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Hitherto the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and they came no more into the coast of Israel. Did you hear that? All these problems that you're having, you can get victory over them so they don't come and torment you anymore if you get right with God today. Last point, I'm sorry. Last point. I, hold on, I'm going to put a commercial in here. I was finished 20 minutes ago. The bishop told me to take you to three. Didn't you? I want to leave at 226.4. He wants to go to three. Finish reading. They came no more to the coast of Israel, and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. All right, I'm finished. Go ahead. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Stop. Israel. Stop! End of lesson.
and all that they had previously lost because they were not right is now restored. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me into the paths of everlasting life. Thank you for being so kind. Sorry I have elongated this message. But the scripture tells us, and I'm sitting down in 2 Kings, Jehu, who drove furiously, stopped by a character. And when he stopped, he looked at him, Sister Mangan, and said these words. Is thy heart right as my heart is? He said, if it is, climb up in the chair. Anybody here want to leave riding the king's chair? All you got to do is get your heart right.